Count your many blessings and name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Count your many blessings and name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God hath done. If we were to count all of our blessings here tonight and to name them one by one, we would be here all night and it wouldn't be time wasted. It's good for us to pause and to reflect on the blessings that God has poured out on us that we so often take for granted. For example, health. I was struck uh, early, not by a truck or anything like that, okay, I, I was, maybe convicted might be a better thing. I was convicted by how often or how infrequently, is that the word I'm looking for? I think about having good health. Uh, last month when I asked Andy and Alexis Olson, our missionaries, for this month, ways that we could be praying for them, they mentioned, praise God for the good health that we've had. We've been here in Tanzania for five months and we haven't had any illnesses and continue to pray for good health. And then when I asked a missionary for next month, how can we be praying for you? He's, one of the things he said was, praise God that for the last four years I've been here, I haven't had any major illnesses and pray for continued good health. I thought about that, thinking if I were given four different four th ways that I, could, that I could give to people to pray for me, health would be kind of towards the bottom of the list. That's because I'm generally a healthy person. But if you are going through health things, or if you're not in the greatest of health right now, or if you've got a hurt arm or anything like that, that might reach the top of your list that you might ask for prayer for. Pray for me and my health. But what are the other things that we would use our wishes for, that we would ask other people to pray for us for? There are so many things that go unnoticed, so many th blessings that we have that we take for granted. For instance, on your way into church tonight, did any of you worry about driving over a landmine? None of us. Were you checking out your windows to make sure any rockets weren't landing near your vehicle? We don't have to worry about that here. We praise God for that. But how often do we praise God for the safety and protection that we live in? We take it for granted. Or how many of you had to take your fingerprint or give your fingerprint to let the, know, let the government know you are coming to worship tonight? We don't have to do that here in our country. It's a blessing that we take for granted. And there are numerous other ones. The scripture readings here this evening each highlighted a blessing that we as Christians that's easy for us to take for granted. Blessings like having a God who keeps his covenant with his people. Having a God who protects and keeps his people. An almighty God who has created the heavens and the earth and all that they contain and who creates faith in you as well. A God whose loving kindness is, at never, is never ending, it's everlasting. A God who continues to speak to you through his word, which we have. Most of us probably have numerous copies of his word in our homes. A God who has put his name upon us and has promised to bless us. A God who has given us a savior and a redeemer. A God who gives us life, who gives us his Holy Spirit. And a God who has given us an inheritance greater than we could imagine. It's easy to take all of these blessings for granted because they seem so basic. But it's these blessings I'd like to focus on here tonight. I'll invite you to open your Bibles with me to Psalm 67 as we look at this idea of for granted blessings, blessings that we take for granted. And again, I'll invite you to stand out of respect for God's word if you're able. Listen how the psalmist asks for a blessing, but is also blessed. 
Psalm 67, reading in Jesus' name. For the choir director, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations of the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth may fear him. Father God, these are your words and your word is truth. We pray this evening that you would sanctify us in your truth that you would help us to see all the blessings that you have richly poured out on us, Lord, even the ones that we take for granted each and every day. Help us to be grateful and to give you thanks and praise for your many blessings, and help us to see those here tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. The first verse in the inspired text of God's word here isn't by that little one that you might have in your Bibles. It's the title. Of the psalm. We often skip the title of the psalm because it doesn't seem like it's the meat and potatoes and we want to save room for the main course. But it's part of the inspired and inerrant revelation of God, and so it's worth reading. And it serves a purpose, and it is important. Reading that title reveals that this psalm here was meant to be sung by the congregation, meant to be sung by God's people as they worshiped Him. I'm not going to make you sing that song tonight, although if you come up with a melody for it, let us know and write it down and we'll add it to our hymnal. But this text was meant to be used in the worship service. It was used to get the congregation to seek the Lord and to seek the Lord's favor and also to instruct the congregation to what God has already done for them and what he has called his people to. And so the psalmist writes the song, God be gracious to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. Those words sound pretty remarkably similar to the same words that Brendan read earlier tonight, don't they? Because they're the same words. They should. The psalmist is calling the people's attention here to what the Lord has already promised. The Lord had given instructions to Moses to tell his brother Aaron how he was to bless the sons of Israel. And he gives him some familiar words. And the Lord tells Moses, so they shall invoke my name upon the sons of Israel, and I will bless them. The Lord isn't giving Moses a suggestion or a recommendation. He's not giving Moses a magic word like abracadabra or some other fancy word that you can add to things to get your way. But he's giving them a promise. This is the Lord's desire for you and for all people. The Lord's desire for you is to bless you. The Lord's desire for you is to be gracious to you. The Lord's desire for you is that you would have his peace. And these words are not only the Lord's desire for you, but they are indeed the living and active word of God that never returns without accomplishing its purpose for which God has sent it. Or in other words, whether or not they could point to it, the Lord was in fact blessing them through these words. And the Lord is, in fact, blessing you through those words as we close every service with the benediction. 
as he puts his name upon you and blesses you. But back to the psalm. The psalmist starts here with these words and then he pauses. That word selah there isn't really a word to translate, but it's more of a musical term. It's musical instruction here for the choir director and for the whole choir as they sing. It's a word instructing the choir to pause. And so the music stops. The words stop and there's a rest. And in that quiet pause, there's a tension. How long will it be paused? You might have been wondering that as I paused during the text. But how long will we stop? When will it start up again? And it's kind of an awkward silence if, you don't, if you're not expecting it, if you don't know what's going on. But it was meant to get the people to pause and reflect on the words that they had just sung. The people have just sent quite a request to the Lord. God, be gracious to us. Bless us. Cause your face to shine upon us. What right do these people, does anyone have, to declare these words to God and demand that he bless you? To demand that he be gracious to you? To demand that he let his face shine upon you so that he extends his grace and favor to you? Think about your life. Is this something that you deserve? Is this something that anybody deserves. And in the tension of the quiet pause of the song, the people think about this. How will the Lord respond to me as I sing this song to him? Will he bless these sinful people? Will he look down on his people with grace, favor, and delight? And will the Lord be gracious to them? And as the people again reflected back on their lives, this pause becomes more and more uncomfortable thinking of all the ways that they have done God wrong in the past. And they realize they didn't deserve God's blessing. They don't deserve God's grace, but rather they deserve and should expect condemnation and judgment. But they remembered the promise that was given to Moses. And I will bless them. And when the music starts up again, the people begin to sing of the blessings that they have, in fact, received from the Lord. The text continues on. That your way may be known on the earth, your salvation among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you will judge the peoples with uprightness and guide the nations on the earth. Another verse is sung and reflected upon. And the heart of God is again revealed for all people here. His salvation is made known, as the text says, among all the nations. This salvation, even from the beginning, was always an inclusive salvation. It was never meant to be reserved for an elite group of people. But it was meant for all mankind. That all peoples, that all throughout the earth, among all nations, that everyone would know this salvation of the Lord. And as God's way is made known throughout the earth and his salvation made known among all the nations, then the people will rejoice and praise God. That this message of salvation is for you, that this message of salvation is for me, for a people who once were lost but are now found, for people who are walking in this world without any hope and without a God have now been given a hope and have been given God Almighty, and they become the very people of God. 
The people sing why this praise goes up, why the nations are glad and sing for joy. Because the Lord will judge the peoples with uprightness. And the Lord is an honest judge. He is upright in all his ways and he is fair. And at first glance and as the people pause after this verse, it's a terrifying thought. Because again, no sin goes unpunished. No sinner goes off free. There is no bribery with this judge. There is no favoritism with this judge either. Instead, this judge is upright. And he abides by the law. He does things by the book, so to speak. But remember again how this song begins. Remembering the promise given to Moses by the faithful God, the one who keeps his covenant and the one who keeps his word, whose loving kindness is indeed everlasting. And remember that God has promised to bless his people and bless the people he would as he would send a Savior who would take away the sin of the world, who would become sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Paul describes this righteousness in Romans chapter 3, this righteousness of God being witnessed by the law and the prophets, meaning all of Scripture declares this righteousness of God, that the righteousness of God comes through faith in Jesus Christ, and it's for all who believe, for there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But being justified as a gift by His grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus, whom God displayed publicly as a propitiation or as an atoning sacrifice in His blood through faith, God has revealed the way to be gracious and just in regards to our sin, and not just ours, but to the sin of the whole world, to every person that he would send his son to redeem us, to die for our sins. And through faith in Christ Jesus, and through no other way but through faith in Christ Jesus, that you, sinner, are declared holy, that you, unrighteous person, who all of your righteous deeds are as filthy rags in God's sight, that you would be declared righteous, and that you, crooked sinner, who is by no means upright by God's standards, would be declared upright in his sight. How easy it is for us to take for granted this blessing that our standing before God, that our approval in his sight isn't based on us and our actions anymore, but it's been won for us by Christ's life and resurrection. And the Lord is gracious The Lord has blessed us and continues to bless us with this salvation in Christ. And through Christ Jesus, he has caused his face to shine upon you and to be gracious to you. It's a blessing that we reap the benefits from each and every day. But when was the last time that you thought about that? When was the last time that I took time to think about this tremendous blessing in Christ? The the psalmist continues on and touches another blessing. This blessing is the sovereignty of God. That God is the one who guides the nations of the earth. That God is the one who is in control. He knows what's going on in the world and he knows what's going on in your life. He isn't just sitting back uninvolved or uninterested. But instead he is calling all people to himself. Calling you to himself calling all to salvation through faith in him and to trust in his work. 
to receive his grace and his blessings and to receive the unending favor of God. And as the world continues to spin, as the sun faithfully rises and sets each and every day, the Lord is guiding the nations, even though it may not look like it to us. But the promise of God's word is that he is in control and he knows what he is doing and he is guiding the nations calling them to himself, calling you to himself as well. As the seasons come and the seasons go, the Lord continues to reign, and the Lord continues to pour out his blessings on us richly. As the psalmist writes in verse 6, the earth has yielded its produce. God, our God, blesses us. And in this neck of the country, maybe more so than other parts where agriculture isn't as big a part of the economy, we praise God for the bountiful harvest that he causes the earth to yield. For every grain truck that is filled, for every grain ticket that is collected, and beyond that to everyone else who earns a paycheck, for every paycheck that comes your way, or every monetary gift or anything else, the Lord continues to bless us by his grace through the fruits of our labors. It's one of the many ways that he blesses us, one of the many ways in which he provides for you your daily bread. And it's something that's so constant in our lives, so regular in our lives, that it quickly becomes another for granted blessing. The Lord has blessed us in more ways than we can count. And for these blessings, he calls us to praise him to take time to stop and to pause, to recognize the grace and the favor of the Lord in all of this, from bountiful harvest to an upright standing before God and the forgiveness of sins and salvation. And so we praise this God and declare his many wondrous deeds that he has done in the past as we read God's word, as he reveals to us what he has done to save you but all the many things that he continues to do in our lives as well. And in doing so, God is making his way known throughout the earth. And God is making his salvation known among all the nations. And the goodness of God is declared to all nations. God be praised. Repeated throughout this psalm is the refrain, Let all the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And in the final line in the psalm, he shares the purpose of all this praise, that all the ends of the earth may fear you, may fear him. God has blessed us and he has called us to praise his name for it all. Not because he is so insecure that he needs our praise, but so that the ends of the earth might fear him and come to know him. So that all people would know who he is and what kind of a God he is. That he is a God who is gracious and generous a God who is benevolent and offering his blessings to all the peoples of the earth, a God who desires that his way be made known on the earth and that all would know the salvation that he has accomplished through his son, Christ. Christians often get the reputation for being a judgmental and curmudgeonly bunch, don't they? We're known for what we stand against. We're known for what we disagree with. We're known for pointing out and condemning sin. All the while, one of the most powerful evangelism tools goes unused, unmentioned, and unspoken. And that powerful tool is the goodness of God and his grace. 
While it's true that God is a God who condemns sin, that is only half the story. He condemns it, yes, but he has also satisfied it, and he has also removed it. He judges the peoples with uprightness, based on faith in the crucified and risen Savior. Yes, we are all sinners, but God, knowing the fact that we are sinners, still in his grace, love, and kindness, delivered to us his one and only Son, that we might be saved by grace. And he pours out upon us his grace and he blesses us in every day in ways too numerous to count. What greater, greater blessing is there than salvation? What greater blessing is there than the Son of God made flesh for you, for me? What greater blessing is there that our sin has been taken away and Christ has taken that upon himself so that we might become the righteousness of God. What greater blessing is there than his steadfast love and mercy? What greater blessing is there than his grace? This is the message that we have for the nations. This is the message that the nations need to hear, that all people need to hear. And this is how God has chosen to make his way known throughout the earth. So consider this this evening, that God has blessed you, and that God has blessed you for a reason. God has blessed you for a purpose, that all the ends of the earth may fear him. He has blessed you so that you might share his blessings with others. He has blessed you to make his salvation made known. So count your blessings and make them known. Share the goodness of God that all the peoples would praise him. Speak of his goodness. Speak of his grace. Speak of his uprightness and his salvation and of his sovereignty and of his blessings, that all the ends of the earth may fear him. God be praised. Don't take for granted the blessings of God, but instead speak of them and share them with those around you, that his way may be known on the earth, and that his salvation may be known among all the nations. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you and we praise you for your goodness and for your grace, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, that you are an upright God, a just judge, one who doesn't dismiss our sin or turn the other way or just wink at it, but one who has sent his one and only son to pay the penalty for that sin, to satisfy your law, Lord, to forgive us of all of our sins. Help us to think of all the many blessings that you have poured out on us, first and foremost through Christ, but Lord, for all of the blessings that you pour out on us through your grace each and every day, the ones that we think of, and Lord, the ones that so often we take for granted. Help us to think during this Thanksgiving season, to think about you and to praise you for all of your goodness towards us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.